0: From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, and this is Week 11. We are joined by three of my favorite NFL players, my co-host, Eric Ebron, tied in with the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: This is the podcast, and
0: we are still undefeated. (laughs)
2: Da, da, da. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamal Adams, strong safety with the Seattle Seahawks.
2: We're going we to catch our stride in the playoffs. man. it's only a matter of time,
3: dog. It's going to be scary. And Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver with the New Orleans Saints. He goes, well, if y'all watching the draft tonight, just know that I'm the first coach to be branded by Jordan. So I'll be wearing my Jordans tonight. When I tell you, this dude had his feet up. Like right next to the camera showing off his George, I was rolling. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17
0: Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and Sirius XM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM XM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from the guys. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. All right, let's get to the episode. It's time for the breakdown. We're almost through November, and for some of the NFL's young guns, it was a rough week. Kyler faltered against Jamal in Seattle, more on that in a few. Tua got pulled in the fourth quarter of Miami's loss to Denver. And Joe Burrow's rookie season ended tragically when he tore the ACL and MCL on his left knee in the Bengals game versus Washington. Meanwhile, the playoff picture is beginning to come into focus. Emmanuel's New Orleans Saints are the top seed in the NFC at 8-2. And and Eric's undefeated 10-0 Pittsburgh Steelers still hold on to the top spot in the AFC. Jamal, you and the Hawks avenged your Week 7 overtime loss in Arizona with a big 28-21 win Thursday night. Seattle's now seven and three and it looks like the swaggers back
2: how are you feeling man I feel good bro despite you know going through um, a couple little nicks and bruises bruises and things like that you know I'm I'm feeling good right now um I'm excited about the win man that that is something that we needed we knew how big um, of a game it was. And, uh, you know, we knew who was coming in. We knew what our matchups were, you know what I mean? So the juices, the energy was there. Um, the c- competitive juices on both sides of the field was there. Man, it was a hell of a game, man. the Only thing we was missing were, you know, the fans, you know what I mean? But, man, it was exciting, you know, to come out victorious in a big-time, big-time game. Uh, but obviously we knew what, what was at stake with the division, you know what I mean? So we put ourselves, you know – in a in the right you know path right now we just got to finish strong on these last six man that's the goal go six and zero. How do
0: you feel about your own performance,
2: Jamal? Oh man, bro, I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing what I can, you know. Obviously, I, I like I said, I, you know, I've been fighting some injuries, uh, but I'm 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 still going out there, you know, trying to make the impact that I need to make, and I'm doing my job, you know. That's 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 what I'm I'm shooting for. So at the end of the day, man, I'm not worried about any ratings. I'm not worried about nothing that anybody says. You're not You're not doing nothing for me. You're not helping me. You know what I mean? You just, you got opinions. So I don't let those things bother me, man. So, bro, I'm just focused on what I can do to help the team win. That's it. I don't care about none of that, that other stuff. Looks like the defense is coming around. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, I kept telling people, man, you know, it's going to take time. Everybody been, you know, nicked up. I was hurt for four games. Dunbar was hurt for four games. Now you know, so, so we were all kind of nicked, in, nicked up. Like on defense, we we didn't get everybody on one one page. We haven't played enough ball together. Does that make sense? We so we're gonna figure it out, man. It's going we're gonna hit our stride. We're gonna catch our second win by uh, playoff time. So it, it's definitely it, it probably be before. Honestly, we want to keep it. We want to keep it going. But we'll really like to get everybody back healthy and. You know, on the field at the same time, we're going we gonna to catch our stride in the playoffs. I man. it's only a matter of time, dog. It's going to be scary.
0: In stride, touchdown, Roethlisberger with a strike to Ebron. Eric and the Steelers went down to Jacksonville, took care of the Jags 27-3. Our favorite tight end had four catches for 36 yards, including a 20-yard touchdown. Eric, tell the truth. Is it possible all this winning is getting kind of boring? Is it getting boring? Is it getting boring to you? It is it getting
1: boring to you. Okay, so it's getting boring to, to you, but it's so much fun to me because I've been on the I've been on the crappy end of this. This feels good. This feels right. This is like it's it's normal, man. It's 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 becoming a new norm for me.
0: I'm cool with it. I'm I'm having a blast, bro. Because this season has gone so well so far. Eric admits he wonders how his less experienced teammates might react to any tough times that may inevitably come. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, but it's fun right now because our younger
1: group still hasn't hit that adversity factor that you're talking about. Chase Claypool's first year in the league. Deontay's, what, third year in the league. Juju's fourth year in the league. James Washington's third year in the league. James Conner's third year in the league. Like, all of these people are still young. So they haven't really hit that adversity button that – You know, that factor that it or James Collins fourth year in the league. I'm sorry. It don't matter. Whatever. He know that my dog. I don't care how long he's been in the league. But, you know, when it does come, are we going to be prepared for it? That's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. Like, you know, how are we going to respond to it? What's going to happen? And then what will we be ready for whatever loss comes our way? You know, will we lose? Like. Yeah, yeah, man, it's 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 a bunch of what ifs, and it's a bunch of adversity. The only thing is, we just keep overcoming it. We just keep beating it. Even though they're ten
0: and zero, the Steelers are just a game ahead of the nine and one Chiefs, which is why Eric was scoreboard watching the Raiders' loss to KC. I
1: know why Oakland couldn't do what they had to do. Tennessee did what they had to do. We needed Oakland. <laughs> we needed Oakland to do what they had to do. Man, honestly, we're not, we're not playing. Like I like what Ben said. Like we're not playing to be undefeated. We're just playing to win. Um and we're playing to to win the Super Bowl. Really? Um the wins that that are coming are just coming with us eventually to our ultimate goal. So and we're not gonna take it for granted. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, ride a high horse and be like over oh, 10 and 0 come stop us. We're gonna continue to I feel like we're going to continue to attack every game as if, like, it's our last. This team in general just has, like, this, this purpose. And the purpose is, you know, everybody on this team has been, you know, especially last year, I feel like they've all
0: been counted out. One of Eric's teammates who wasn't counted out is Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool because his breakout season has exceeded all expectations. I I feel like it's not going to hit him
1: until he's done with the year. I mean, he's still a rookie. He don't know what he's doing right now. Um, And not saying like he doesn't understand that, you know, the game of football. He just doesn't technically know what he's, you know, what like state he's in with 10 touchdowns in 10 games, you know you don't really pay attention to all of that stuff until you're done with football. So I I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy for him, man. I told him he got four more to beat me, so we dope, man. We're dope. Like pick your poison, you know, we can run it, you know, and then when we want to run it effectively, we run it very effectively and we can just dominate. We can just spread you out, force your hand. You know, you have you have to tell your defense with me on the field, so It just becomes, it becomes cool, man. It's it's a dope process to be a part of, to just watch and to just go out there and basically dominate just over and over again, know that, you know, y'all are just unstoppable offensively.
3: Hill,
2: just going to straight
0: run it and he's in. Touchdown, New Orleans. Emmanuel, you guys defeated the Falcons 24 to 9. Taysom Hill filled in for quarterback Drew Brees, who sidelined with broken ribs. You had four catches for 66 yards. The Saints are rolling. You haven't lost since week three. How does that feel?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel good. Uh, I like where we're at right now. I mean, Drew Drew gets hurt, and uh, next thing you know, Taysom has to come in, and nobody knows what to expect, but uh, we got a defense that, in my opinion, we're the best defense in the NFL right now and how they're playing, and uh, we got a team who who's resilient. You know, it's been a couple games where we start started, it's like, damn, like, you know, if we don't get our shit together, right, we might lose this one. And, you know, guys start making plays and then the next thing you know, about a third quarter, we're just sitting in the driver's seat, right? And I think as the weeks stack up, I'm I'm, I'm falling more and more in love with uh, the Saints organization and what they're about. And, you know, and, and winning helps that, right? Right now we got the number one seed and we are just trying to maintain and hold on to it, man. Last week on this podcast
0: we talked about Jameis Winston being Drew's probable replacement. When did you learn Taysom would be the
3: starting QB instead? So I knew Taysom was starting on Wednesday and it was one of those this is one of those uh, situations which I didn't really know what to expect everybody Everybody just thought it was going to be Taysom or uh, thought it was going to be Jameis because what happened last year, right, when Drew went down, Teddy Bridgewater came in, Bridgewater went 4-0, now he's a starting quarterback out of the Carolina Panthers, and they thought it was going to be kind of like the same story, right? But, you know, Taysom Taysom's been throwing the ball a lot more than what I've seen from the Saints, most of the time, like, he would get in the game and, um, he would run the ball the majority of the time when he get in the game. And then we, we played against Tampa. And I think we talked about it on the show. He gets in and he throws like two passes and, and, the, and that threw the whole league off because they like, now we have to worry about this dude passing the ball now as well as running the ball. And, uh, he's, he's lethal. And I think that just for, you know, Sean Payton, he said that, you know, he's going to go with the guy instead of like, what everybody else expected to happen. He went with the guy or the person that he thought would would fit best. And, you know, he came out, he had a great game, right? I mean, he threw some passes that I was like, what the hell? But then he threw some passes where I was like, what the hell? Like, this dude is a baller, right? And... Um, the whole world is pretty much looking at you. Let's see what Taysom Hill can do. Can he be the future? Can he be that? There's so many questions up in the air. And uh, he went out and gave us a, a good performance for the first for the first one. But now he gotta he gotta top that and keep going, right? Uh this league is a what have you done for me lately type league. Have you had a chance to develop a relationship with Taysom? Taysom been my boy though. Like, I sit next to him and meeting, so every morning I wait, I walk in, like, he probably one of the first people I greet, and it's, it's always smiles, and and we smile at each other for the other reasons. it's just all love, you know, and like, he's a cool brother, and so we've always had that kind of, like, respect for each other, because, like, I, like, he's a, pretty much the first person I see every morning, and it's the same thing, like, I, I go into work every morning, I know, right when I walk in, the first person I'm gonna see is Taysom, and it's always, like, What's up with a smile? Like, you know, he's always talking about me because I'm one of those dudes that every morning I wake up and I put on a fresh outfit, like, and some of these guys just wake up in the morning and put on slides and they go to work. And so some mornings I come in, he'd be like, man, I like that outfit. I like that outfit. I like this one, right? And so that's, that's my boy and I'm happy for him. Give us an idea what it's like
0: playing with someone as uniquely versatile as Taysom at quarterback.
3: Yeah, so that was one of them throws that, we had ran that play like to, against the Chargers. And I had a linebacker running with me the same exact play, same exact coverage, It's just weird how it happens like that. It was with Taysom and Taysom didn't let it rip, right? And uh, then this game, he just lets it rip. Like I see the linebacker running with me and I'm just like, I haven't had a catch during that game, like at that point. And like, I started getting in my feelings a little bit like, man, like what is going on? I need a catch. Like, I feel like I'm not in the game. Like. And uh, he gave me an opportunity and uh, I made the play. And obviously those are the type of plays that those are the type of plays that the next morning you wake up and you feel good about it. Right. Because you sit back and say that he gave me an opportunity and I made the most of the opportunity. And you hopeful that more opportunities will come because you showcase what you can do. Right. Like nothing is given in this league. You got to go earn it. So that, that, that play right there was kind of my play of saying, like, just give me more opportunities. Yeah, right, and I, I feel like I capitalize on
0: it. Here's Murray set. Recently acquired Seahawks defensive end, Carlos Dunlap came up big all game, but especially when it mattered most. Sacking Kyler Murray on fourth and ten from the twenty-seven to seal the win. Jamal, what is
2: it like playing with Carlos? Man, he's 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 a he's a guy that comes to work every day and is, and is the same. You know what I mean? He he's a guy that you know comes in ready to work, ready to you know learn something new. Always smiling, even though you know he, he's a big goofball. I call him. You know he he seems like he's like year five. You know what I mean? Year six. Like he got he got a that kid in him, like he loves the game, you can tell he really, really loves the game, so I see why he's been playing for you know so long because it's fun to him, and you can tell he really, really cares so that's so that's huge you know as a teammate to see that because you know it it's a diamond it's a diamond dozen that really, really love what we do it, it's not it's not too many that really take it. You know, to the extreme. So I, I salute down that man. I'm, am a big fan. I'm happy he's a part of the squad, man.
0: And other encouraging Seahawks news: It appears injured running back Chris Carson, as well as injured cornerback Shaquille Griffin,
2: are expected to be back in action this coming week. Absolutely, bro. CC, you know, and Shaq. That's just, that's just our men. You know what I mean? It's a brotherhood. Like, you know, if you missing men. You know, you 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 always peeking like where they at. They're not they're not out there. You know what I mean. You want all your soldiers. We got we got two of our soldiers back, and man, I know they are excited to get back out there. I know Cece gonna tote the rock. Shaq gonna get him another pick or so. He gonna bring that swag and juice that he play with. Everybody back out here going to play another big time matchup versus Philly on Monday night. Come on, man. You know what I mean. So. God is good, bro. Playing on these big stages in these big games. That's what it's about, bro. I've been dreaming of this. So I know, I know all those boys. You know, everybody dreams of this, man. So this is dope. I'm excited. Next
0: up for Seattle is
2: yet another cross-country fight. Their
0: fourth to the Eastern Time Zone so far. And a visit to Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Eagles in what oddly enough could be a possible playoff preview. Any thoughts on facing Philly and its fans,
2: Jamal? Oh, man. I, hey, Philly fans, they crazy, but I salute them, bro. Like, I, I like, I like, I like Philly's fans. Very passionate. Very, very passionate about there. So that's what's up. Um, then obviously they just won a Super Bowl. So, you know, they get they got a lot of juice, man. That's a good organization over there, man. For real, for real. A lot of respect to them.
0: Your last game was Thursday night and the next one in Philly is another prime timer on Monday night, 11 days later. Have you been taking advantage of the extra time in between games? Hell
2: yeah, I'm resting, man. Man, bro, we needed this. This like this this helped us a little bit, you know, like a lot, really. Not even a little bit, should I say. We're trying to get everybody back, everybody back healthy, so we can hit our second win, bro, and take off. Like, that's our plan. Eric's Steelers host the
0: Ravens in the rematch of Pittsburgh's 28-24 to come-from-behind win in Week 8, which brings up the question, how hard is it to beat a team twice in one season? I mean, really, it's just,
1: all right, after you're facing the first time, it's like, okay, well, we know what you're going to do. You know what we're going to do. So, you know, who going to do it better? And that's all the second game ever is. I mean, especially games like this, you know, at this magnitude of the game on this kind of day, it's kind of like who going to do their job better. So, it doesn't make it the biggest game of the year because I don't think if we lose it, you know, we 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 lose anything. You know, we just lose. You know what I'm saying? We, we've... Where we set ourselves up so nicely, you know, is if we lose this game, then it's just a loss. It doesn't, you know, over oh, out of first place or we're out of now. We still, now we just can't lose again, you know what I'm saying? Because we were as, as seeking the first round bye, um, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think if we, you know, we're not too worried about losing. It, we, I think we have more pressure to win than we do to lose, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like we just got to go in there and just win.
0: Emmanuel, next week, you and the Saints head to Denver to play up against the Broncos. Any feelings towards playing
3: your former team? I really don't have any emotions towards it. Like, it's just another game to me. Uh, but one thing that is close to me is like the whole Denver Broncos organization, like those fans and just how much love I have for them. Um, I got so much respect and love for that organization. Like, you have no idea. Like, like literally, like, I feel like that organization turned my life around. Pittsburgh, I, my, my career was shaky. And then I go to Denver and it's, it just takes off out there. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm going out and playing against, my past team like it was with the Niners. It's just the Broncos organization and playing in that stadium again. And I don't know if it's going to be weird to be on the other sideline or not. You know, I don't know. But right now, like, my whole mentality is so beyond this game. It's just nameless faces to me at this point, right? It's nameless faces that I just want to win and attain it all. What's your favorite
0: memory from your days as a Denver Bronco?
3: One of my favorite moments was uh, the first preseason game I played as a Bronco. I remember, like, I had uh, pretty much a torn quad in training camp. So I missed the first preseason game. I missed the second preseason game. and Like, I'm, I'm getting ready to miss the third preseason game. Like, I didn't practice, like, nothing. And the night before the game, Paige shoots me a text. He goes, hey, like, I really need to get some chemistry with you before the regular season like that's just like that's what i want to do and so i was like well i'm gonna test out this quad injury and just see what it what, what happens right i'm just like hey pain wants me to go i go and i get in the game and like i only played till halftime and i get in the game and it was just just magic like i had like a 70 yard touchdown i had another 30 yard touchdown and i had like 100 yards in a preseason game in a matter of five minutes it felt like right just playing with Peyton and, and after after that like I literally went to the bathroom like and and, and, and literally tears just start rolling down my face bro because I was just so excited about the season and I didn't feel like I had arrived but I felt like this is my time I just knew it like I like I, I'm a big on energy and I just knew it, it was my time and I ended up having 1400 yards that season and Never even had a 1,000-yard season prior to that season, right? A lot of people don't know that. But that right there, like, let me know. Like, I have arrived, and it's my time now. This, this week on The Huddle Up.
0: Eric Jamal and Emmanuel open up on what it's like playing for legendary coaches Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, and Sean Payton. Each man has won a Super Bowl, and each seems to be a surefire Hall of Famer as soon as they retire and become eligible. Eric, we'll start with you. Tell us about Coach Tom.
1: Yeah, I probably got the best coach out of all of them. I heard, actually, I heard Pete Carroll and Sean Payton are like the top coaches. And I've talked and had conversations with both of them coming out. So they both are pretty dope. But I still think Mike T the best coach. Like, one, how many black coaches are in the NFL? One, we have one. Two, there's nobody that's, one, more winning, game-winning seasons or what is it? In his, is it Mike T the most, or 14 seasons? He's almost, I think it's like 15, 16 is the record. But he has 14 seasons where he has never lost. So ever since he took over his coaching job in Pittsburgh, he hasn't, has, hasn't had a losing record. That's insane. So I think Mike T's dope, man. Our relationship, it just continues to grow. Like we talk about everything. He always is open with me. He always honest with me. Every Wednesday meeting, you know, he points out my matchup. It tells me, you know, I'm important to such and such. Well, he'll tell the next person, you know, you're important to such and such. He's just so straight, straightforward, so front door is what we call it. Me and my homeboys, we call it front door. You knock on your front door, you got to answer it. That's who he is. He's just super front doorsy. Like he, he's gonna tell you everything you want to hear and everything you don't want to hear, and you, you, you have to respect. You just got to respect
3: that. Emmanuel, what's your relationship with Coach Payton? What's he really like? He's, like, two totally different people, like, during the week and on game day. On game day, if you walk up to him and say something to him, he might just bite your head off, right? Like, he's, like, intense on game day. But during the week, like, that's my boy. Like, I walk up to him and probably can slap him in the back of the head. He's like, hey, bro, like, you know, like, 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 and I call him SP. Like, SP is, like, one of the coolest coaches I've ever been coached by, like, I love that dude, and like, like me and him, we joke, you know, he's always walking, walks up to me, I want to joke and clown around, but then he'll walk into me and tell me, like, hey, I got a touchdown for you this week, and a majority of the time when he tells me you got a touchdown for me, like, he got a touchdown for me, right, and uh, I just, I just been enjoying just being around him, just his energy, like, I mean, S V is literally, like, he's, he's a big dog, he's a top dog, but he's really just one of the boys, you know, at the end of the day, like, He's one of the boys you could talk to him about anything, and uh, he's not one of the guys that takes his, takes himself all serious. When it's all said and done, he's gonna be a Hall of Fame coach. It's just it's just unbelievable to see like this guy's like mental. He's so on point from a mental standpoint that people don't even understand like how it is. Like that touchdown that that got called back, he walked up to me and he and I didn't even think he noticed. He said, hey, so tell he said, he goes, tell me, tell me what the cornerback did right there. And uh I said, he sat on it. He was like, right there, it was literally that wasn't even a play that was in the play goal. He it was it was drawn in the dirt. And like we both knew it was a touchdown. And so to have that happen, majority of the time, like those situations don't happen in game. Like those are the situations that we sit back and like Monday, like a coach will walk up to me and be like, Oh man, we should have we should have did this in the game. We should have did that. Literally, he did it. The next drive was like, "Let's go." He's here to win, and he's not sticking to his play call. He he's will he's willing to do whatever it takes to win, and, and I respect that because that's how I'm built. Jamal, what's the inside scoop on Coach Carroll?
2: Man, Pete's a hell of a guy. Man, Pete's a guy that I don't know how you could get mad at Pete. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, Pete is a hell of a dude, man. He's, he's he's like the perfect human almost but he obviously he's not perfect no one's perfect but for real i have a lot of respect for him man he every day he comes in he's ready to work man he got the same juice he's he don't sugarcoat anything he tells he tells how he sees it and what he believes in and we we believe in him and we roll with it man i, I respect coach so much man i'm always eager to hear what he says especially on like the day before the game oh man he gives us some talks at times to where I'm I'm trying to figure out. Okay, I'm 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 about to write this note down because he, yeah, he 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 inspires you know those around him. So that's what you call a leader. He's a, he's a hell of a leader as a coach. Emmanuel, you play for both
0: Coach Tomlin and Coach Payton.
3: How would you compare the two of them? So Mike Tomlin to me, like if you have a conversation with Mike Tomlin, like you will walk away feeling like you just grew from a spiritual standpoint like he gonna hit you with all kind of life quotes and like like he's gonna have so much stuff like there's quotes that Mike Tomlin has told me that like will never like leave my middle and he's only told me this probably like once or twice like all right he used to say this right he used to say he said we don't do any bitching around here and I'm like what He like we don't do any bitching and he goes this is the definition of bitching he said, vision is talking to somebody and telling them about your problems. And you're talking to the person who can't solve your problems. He said, around here, we only talk to the people and we complain to the people that who, who can solve your problems. And so, therefore, we don't do any vision. And I took that and I was like, dang, that might be one of the realest things ever, because that's the realest definition of vision. But that's just that's just one of his quotes. And, then Sean Payton, uh, you know he he's gonna be all he's gonna be all football. But once you once we me and him get together one on one, we'll talk about anything from family to he tells me all kind of crazy stories about past times with him when he was with Farcells. and like he rarely forgets anything. Like his memory is like crazy. Like he has e- extraordinary
0: memory. Eric has also been inspired by a Coach Tomlin quote.
1: Yeah, I I mean, he probably said one of my favorite quotes, which is, you know, we perform or we play in stadiums. Like, or we perform in stadiums. So it's like, I don't care what you do throughout the week. If you had a bad practice, if, you know, you stubbed your toe, if, you know, you can't practice on Wednesday because of whatever, I don't care. But on Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whenever we play, you better be ready. And that's kind of, like, dope because it's, like, it's it's treating you like an adult. It's like, okay, well, you know, I know I got to get my stuff together. Like, for me, like, someday, some Wednesdays from games, I just be like, hey, coach, you know, my body, man. I just need that one extra, you know, that one extra day. He completely understanding of the amount of, you know, pain we put ourselves through on Sunday and gives you that extra day. But Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, you better come you know you better come with it and especially on sunday and it's not it's not a benefit it's more of a reward you know what i'm saying if you if you are performing and if you are doing what you're supposed to do you know i can allow you to you know take that extra time or you know i trust you to be ready at that certain time so i think my is just overall just great person and never mind coach he's just a cool dude Eric says don't be fooled by Coach Tomlin's gruff appearance. I feel like he's more, he's more personable. So however you are, he knows how to adapt to it. You know what I'm saying? So he understands that he has 53, 63 total you know, personalities on the team. So he's real adaptive. He knows what he's doing, how to,
0: how to interact with each person. It's pretty cool. Eric, how does Coach T stack up against other NFL head coaches you've played for?
1: Man, it's the, the exact factor of he just allows you to be you. Now, Jim Caldwell was another great coach, and Frank was a great coach as well, but Frank was a, more of a great offensive mind. Jim Caldwell was such a just overall great person. Mike T is just somebody you just felt like you you grew up with. Like, they just all have these different, like, traits about them. Caldwell was so spiritual and uplifting and very into, like, into like a soft way of intelligently like putting like things together. He was, but it was all monotone. It was all one way. Mike T is like, you know, like, I'm hype. I'm mad. I'm hype. I'm mad. I'm hype. Like, it's like, this crazy relic, but it all translate. Like, it all works. And then Frank was just, Frank was just here all day. Like, there's no excitement. There's no, no, nothing like it's this all day. <laughs> so I mean I don't play with them all, but they all have great traits. They all were really good coaches. They're all
0: successful coaches. Jamal, Coach Carroll comes across as very intense, super high energy
2: guy. Is he a screamer? He's not he don't scream, man. He, he's he's relaxed, man. He's but he's very competitive. He's always competing. He loves practice. Every every Friday before we get started on practice, defense goes against like scout team, right? And they're showing us a look and they're running routes versus the back seven. And literally, man, he's 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 the quarterback. He's throwing the routes versus us. You know what I mean? So he's like he's competitive, bro. Like he and he's dead serious. He's throwing no looks Patrick Mahomes no looks and Russ, no looks. He's doing it all, bro. Like I, I I love coach man. He's always he's always fired up, man. He gets excited when you know good ball happens. That we all do, man. That's a beautiful thing when it does. Tell us about your first interaction with Coach Carroll. Yeah, when when I first uh met him was obviously when the trade happened, he called me and he was jacked up and, you know, excited to get me out there. And, you know, man, he he just told me the first thing was just come here and be yourself. Don't be anybody you're not. I'ma let you I'm gonna let you be yourself. And that was just like a burden off my back. So it was pretty cool, man, just to hear that. But he was excited fi- excited and fired up. Uh, John Snyder was fired up, man. So I appreciate them for even, you know, believing in me and taking a chance on me because, you know, I, I'm not going to let them down. I'm not going to fail.
0: I've done it a few times, so I know what it's
2: like. But Jamal, tell our listeners what it's like switching organizations. It, it was different for me, you know, coming over here because everything in here, over here, you know, is, we run a little bit of everything, right? And And... We base out of a a similar front that Ty Bowles kind of did when I was with the Jets, um, my first two years. I mean, it was a little different, but a uh, little tweaks. But football doesn't change, bro. That's what people don't understand. Football don't it don't change. It's just different verbiage and maybe a little twist and turn on the defense. But other than that, it's not going to change. Right. So everybody runs the same coverages. Everybody runs different schemes, but they've ran all the schemes before all of the coaches. So I can't really sit here and say which one is better. But I, I love the scheme over here. I think I think I'm just starting to learn it all and, and, and feel comfortable. So that, that's the big thing for me.
0: Emmanuel, what's coach's personality like? Is he
2: always serious
3: or does he occasionally kid around? Oh yeah, he always want to walk into me and tell me I have more followers than you. And he goes, "Me, me, me, and me and your wife got, and your brother in law got more followers than you. I'm more famous than you." He he tell me this all the time. Then he tell me, "Yeah, I know exactly where you live too." I say, "Hey man, you know too much about my life, bro." Like. And like that's how we joke, like, man. You know too much about my life, man. You need to stay. I say you need to stay in your own business, and that's just how we joke. But he'll walk into me and just want to just talk, just want to talk smack like all the time, you know, like all the time. Like, and it, and it's usually about Instagram because my my wife is big on Instagram, and so he always wants to tell me how he has more followers than me on Twitter and whole oh, nine nah, yards. And man, it's crazy because last time he told me, I said, well. I'm rarely on there. I don't post every pair of Jordans that I get because, <laughs> because, you know, he, he's, uh, he's branded by Jordan. And so, you know, he, like, uh, I'll never forget the NFL draft. This one I knew I had a cool coach because he had did a Zoom meeting with the, with, with, uh, with the team and Snoop Dogg. And he had this how cool he is. He had Snoop Dogg come and talk to us, right? And, uh, after Snoop Dogg had talked to us on the Zoom meeting, he goes, well, if y'all watching the draft, Tonight, just know that I'm the first coach to be branded by Jordan. So I'll be wearing my Jordans tonight. And so I mean I said, man, let me, let me, let me tune into the NFL draft and check out SV, see what he about. When I tell you this dude had his feet up, like right next to the camera, showing off his Jordans, I was rolling. It, it was hilarious, man. That's when I knew I was like, man, I got a coach wears Jordans on the sideline. That's just dope.
0: Eric, do you feel like your relationship with Coach T goes beyond
1: football? He's 100% family first. Football is one, second nature to him. Like, not second nature because that's so, but it's like second, it's like a second coming to him. It's not like, you know, football, football, football. It's like, nah, we play football so that we can, you know, handle our families and, you know, provide for our kids and provide for, you know, the things that we're supposed to provide for. So he's all family first. Do anything anything that's all he cared about his family hey how you kids are family good that's the first thing he asks you all the time coach tomlin seems so serious does he have a sense of humor can he take a joke yeah i mean he got a bald head every time we do the virtual meetings he be all in the camera so you i would be ragging on him it'd be funny <laughs> i would be tearing him up <laughs> No, he be laughing, but nope. I don't think no one's ever done it before. Like I don't know, so he just be laughing. But everybody, oh, everybody be laughing when I when I be joking. So whatever.
0: First, let me say I have a high appreciation for all three of these coaches that our guys play for. Coach Payton, he just keeps it real. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get his guys going. I remember him bringing in a bag of money, saying, if you win these games, this is how much you're going to get in cash. He had the broom. He was sweeping. He's dancing in the locker room. Love him. Coach Carroll, I was gone before he actually got the job in Seattle. I just signed with the Detroit Lions, so I didn't get a chance to play for him. But for the simple fact that I'm from Seattle, what he brought to my city, I will always appreciate him. Coach Tomlin, my first interaction with Coach Tomlin, playing for the Lions. We're playing in Pittsburgh. And it's just a nasty day. The weather's bad. There's thundering out there. So they give us the storm warning. We stop warm-ups. And they're like, we're going to delay the game 30 minutes to an hour. So just go back to the locker room and we'll let you know. So I I just, I'm like OG Nate at this point. I'm like, hey, coach, I'm about to just go walk around the stadium. I'm in full pads now. (laughs) Coach is like, all right, Nate, just come back. If you hear anything, I don't want to have to uh, look for you. So I'm walking around, I'm saying hi to the people, I'm going to concession stands, people are like, what is this dude doing here? I get the, the old, uh, you know, what's up, Nate, loved you on Fantasy, couple of fans, Nate, you're a bum, we're about to light you up today, cool, I laugh, I joke, I keep it moving. I stumble upon the Steelers locker room, and I'm looking through their tunnel, just looking at the field, and a couple of guys come out that I know, what's up, bro, how you doing, how's the fam, good, good, okay, tell them I said, what's up, good luck today, man, stay healthy. Then Coach Tomlin comes out, he peeks his head out, and then he kind of sees me, he's like, man, what you doing over here? I'm just wandering around. Uh, you know, I know a couple guys on the team. We're just chopping it up. He's like, okay. He's like, man, you a good receiver. I said, I appreciate that, coach. And then he said, yeah, so you, you signed with Detroit, right? A decent deal. I said, yeah, man, you know, five years, 25. It's all right. He paused for a second. He said, I mean, you good, but you ain't that good. <laughs> and then I started laughing. And then he started laughing. He's like, I'll just play it, man. Good luck today. And I walked off. And obviously, it's like the Joneses, like snapping at each other. And you know, we're similar age. So I just thought it was funny that he was so casual, cracking a joke like, yo, we we were looking at you at free agency. You good, but th- you ain't that, you ain't $25 million good. Um, and I thought that was so funny. And I, I just walked back to the locker room and I remember thinking to myself, damn man, I would like to play for a dude like that. Because you always want a coach that can be honest with you, keep it real with you, but more importantly, just be down to earth with you. Those are the guys that you ride for. Before we close the show, it's time for a quick out. As we gather together this Thanksgiving week to reunite and reminisce, we also celebrate the unifying power of
3: football. Emmanuel, what's the plan for Thanksgiving Day? I'm gonna cook a lot of food, eat, sleep, watch football, eat, sleep, watch football, you know, once I get off. The, the typical Thanksgiving, you're right. How about you, Jamal? Any plans? Man, I'm gonna be at the crib, man.
2: Just relaxing, Watch some football, get some food. Chill. Just chill, man. Relax. Still get the game plan ready, obviously. That's all I, bro, that's all I do, man. (laughs) I'm a football junkie, bro.
1: Eric, what are your Thanksgiving plans? So my dad and my stepmom's already here and we're Chilling. I'm trying to figure out what they what they want to do. I just got them some food so they can enjoy their night and leave me alone. Not that. but um not, uh, and then my kids and my wife come tomorrow. So um we rented up a, a house at a resort about an hour away from here. And uh we'll just chill there, man, have Thanksgiving there, um and just enjoy time together pretty much. Cook hang out. Get drunk, you know, typical Thanksgiving
0: activity. <laughs> we asked each of the guys about their all-time
2: favorite Thanksgiving food. Jamal, what's yours? Mac and cheese are probably corn pudding. And corn pudding is only made by my mother, and I don't think anybody's is better. It's that good. Mama, Mama Adam's been making that since I was yay high, and it is amazing. All my boys, you know, tried it before, and man, they say the same thing amazing
3: emmanuel do you have a favorite i mean just the thanksgiving spread is just is is just my favorite the turkey uh the dressing potato salad i mean just just the fact that you can just walk in the house and just smell like all type of flavors and seasonings and like pumpkin pie and it's like it's like you literally gotta like orchestrate your stomach to say like I'm gonna eat this much just so I can have some of this as well right yeah so I, I enjoy I enjoy that obviously I'm in a new city I'm in New Orleans so you know Thanksgiving is is just gonna be the first time I have Thanksgiving in this house Eric favorite Thanksgiving food and most overrated
1: my favorite dish is candy and sweet potatoes whatever people wanna call them that don't know what candy is and my the most overrated dish at Thanksgiving it's probably that little cranberry junk. That junk trash, man. I don't know people eat this. Thing. They come out the can all like. <laughs> they be like, here, eat this. No.
0: <laughs> we also asked each of the guys what they're thankful for. Jamal? I'm thankful for
2: life. I'm thankful to walk. I'm thankful to see. I'm thankful for everything, brother. I'm thankful for my job, I'm thankful for my family. So it's, it I'm I'm just thankful for everything, man. I'm thankful for, you know, the game of football. It's pretty cool, man, just, you know, to be reminded on this day what you what you're thankful for, but just never 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 forget what you're thankful for. You should think about it every day because everybody's blessed, man. You still Breathing, you still living. Everybody got keep keep their mental sharp, man, and be thankful.
3: Emmanuel, what are you thankful for? Definitely thankful for a lot of stuff, man. Thankful, thankful to still have the mental uh, capacity to be be hungry and and, and and want success, and to have a beautiful family, man. Thankful for everything, truthfully. Like the list can go on and on and on and on and on. But I think that uh, a lot of people got to understand that. Uh, for success to happen, like, you got to be grateful about everything. And it's, it's not just the big stuff. It's just the small things. And so that's what I always remember when Thanksgiving come around. And Eric, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for a lot.
1: But like I always say, probably my wife and kids, man, they changed my life. So that's probably the what I'm most thankful for. My son, my oldest son changed my life. So once he came into the picture, it was it was over for me. So
0: To you and yours, from all of us here at 17 Weeks, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's it for this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe and get notified when new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which how could you not like what you heard? Because this is the realest thing out. You guys know what to do. Spread the love. Share the show. You know what I mean? I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Castrodale. Editing and sound design by Chris Weatherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, senior director, podcast production at SiriusXM. Andy King, director, sports programming at SiriusXM. It's written by John McLaughlin archival sound courtesy of the NFL Network. All right, till next week, we
2: out.